Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Hi, Mike. Tom Colleen Hood is off today. Today's guest is passionate about helping people whose family members are struggling with mental health. She's faced her own battles with depression and anxiety. And then, as a mother, walked alongside her daughter through an eating disorder. It's been a painful journey at times, but it's also been one where beauty has come from the ashes. Helen Gunther, author, speaker, founder of Grace Groups, uh, somebody that's very passionate about helping uh, families walk alongside people struggling uh, with uh, mental health issues. Uh, Can you maybe start with why you're so passionate about helping others? What's your story in this? You know what, I, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression in my 20s, and I was able to manage it, and I was able to go to school and, uh, you know, have a career and have a family. And then when my, when my daughter um, was diagnosed with an eating disorder, my world just crashed down. I, I didn't even know what to do, where to go, and I just found myself, it, I was barely treading water to survive. And with the help that I was given, I feel that it's something that I want to give back. Um, it, it came up in um, one of Rick Warren's, I'm gonna find it here, in one of Rick Warren's um, um, during one of Rick Warren's messages, it, it was, your pain often reveals your purpose. And I thought, how beautiful that is. Um, God wants us to uh, help others with the same help that we have been given. So that's really where it came from. Um, I love that too. Like pain isn't fun, right? But so often when we go through hard things, we just push it aside or, or keep it to ourselves and we don't let others know about it. But uh, yeah, you're letting that pain do something for others. What was that like to first be honest with people and open up about what you were going through, especially in the faith community? Did you find that easy or were you scared people are going to judge you and your daughter? Oh, that was a really good question because for the longest time, I pretended like nothing was happening. Like everything was good. I put on that face, that happy face, everything's okay. Meanwhile, on the inside, I was just dying. And Ruth Graham wrote a book called um, in every pew sits a broken heart. And literally that's mm. where I was sitting. And uh, I didn't go to church for at least four months after the diagnosis because I couldn't face people. Wow. I just thought if somebody asked me, how are you doing? I would just completely fall apart and end up on a puddle on the, on the church uh, floor there. Um, so finally gathered up the um, courage to go one Sunday and we walked in and the pastor looked at me and said, how are you doing? And I just spilled the beans. And he was just so gracious, so yeah. accepting of, of me and uh, our story. And he shared things that he had gone through that I had never gone through. And so, you know, that really was the beginning. And the woman's, uh, the women's ministry asked me to give my testimony about this journey that I took with my daughter. And at first I thought, oh, I can't do it because I suffer from anxiety. But God just nudged me, go, go, go. And I spoke to a group of 95 women the one Saturday. And after, so many women came to me and said, thank you for sharing your story. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. And at the very end, one mom came up to me 
and she waited for everybody to leave. I think she just didn't want everybody to hear her story as well. And we talked and we cried and we hugged. And then at the very end, I said, wouldn't it be nice if we could always come to church to talk about these things? And she looked at me and said, I'm looking forward to when that group starts. And I went home and I went, oh, what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) I love that, though. It's making me excited. The listeners won't see it, but you see on my video, like I'm smiling and nodding my head because as a former pastor, you know, after church in the foyer and I'd be listening to people visit and somebody would say to somebody else, how you doing? And they'd go, oh, I'm great. And I'm sitting there like, no, you're not. Like you were just in my office this week. Your world's falling apart. Why aren't yeah. you telling them and letting them pray for you, right? But we the don't long, do that because it's hard. For the longest time, my daughter was like, this is the only thing. I'm the only one going through something like this. Right. And when I said, you know what? Everybody has something. But some people are trying so hard to cover up something. Yep. There's something you just never get to see it. So I approached the pastor and said, talked about my, well, I emailed the pastor with my idea and he was actually on vacation in Europe and he emailed me right away. We'd love for you to, to, to run this group. So that's kind of how it all started. It was actually just, uh, God was nudging me and I was just like, yeah, okay. I I think I can try this. I think I can do it. But there were, there were days where I doubted myself. I remember one day driving to the group and, um, those negative thought gremlins were going through my head, like, who do you think you are trying to lead a group of women, um, you know, it's gonna be too stressful. And then I just felt this peace come over me. Um, and it, it was like, Helen, this group is not about you. It's about what God can do through you. Yeah. So that was my stance every time I approached, uh, got ready for the group and uh, faced these women. And it's really been a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love that. Not about you. It's about what God can do through you. And so many people listening right now, they need to tell themselves that over and over again, whether it's something big like starting a a group or something else that you've had on your mind for a while. You know, God has a plan for your life. My, the the verse that I, you know, this is the theme song for, for my life right now, or it has been. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. And really, you know, God has a plan for everybody. And like you said, it may not be starting a group or doing something on a big scale, like nationally or internationally. But he puts us in our families, in our communities, in our churches, and he has given us gifts. Yes. And your passion may not have flourished yet, but if you pray to God and ask him, show me what you want me to do with my life, with my hurts, with my struggles, he will definitely show you. I prayed that many times. I said, God, I pray that you will turn these ashes into beauty, the ashes of that I saw of my life. And he has done amazing things in the last uh, number of years. I love that you referenced Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. First of all, because when God comes and calls Jeremiah to do something, Jeremiah says, oh, no, no, I can't. I'm not capable. I'm too young. I always picture God like, oh, you're young. I didn't notice that. Sorry, I'll go find, right? 
But I also love that you kept reading after verse 11 in chapter 29, because everybody knows 29 verse 11 from Jeremiah, but they stop at hope in a future. But, but God says to the people in captivity, when you come and pray to me, I will listen. And when you come to me with your whole heart, right? And you're, you're bringing everything to me and submitting to me, I'm going to listen and I'm going to take care of you. And that's an amazing promise. Oh, the, the the submitting oh yeah you know, it was really hard for me I ended up at a point I was just exhausted emotionally physically from everything that we had been through it wasn't just the eating disorder that my that we were struggling with as a family I had other medical issues that were going on at the time and I was just like I was done I said to God I am done you take over I cannot do this anymore what ha- what happened when you said you can't do this anymore <laughs> oh I just I, I just felt a relief. I, I, was, I was done managing my own life and trying to make everybody happy. My daughter at one point said, stop trying to make me happy. Hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. I was spending so much energy um, that, you know, even she noticed. And, and when I just let go, it was like, okay, God, I can't do it anymore. Take over. And certain little things started happening, blessings along the way. It was like, Helen, you didn't need to do all that work. He knew what you were going through. He knew what needed to be done. And he was working on those, working on those things on behalf of you. It's, love it's amazing. I yeah. love that. Just a sense of relief once you said, I can't do it anymore. That's so amazing. So uh, like you said, you mentioned these grace groups to your pastor and starting them. Tell us a little bit about how grace groups have formed, what they look like, what they do. Um, well, grace groups are, um, they were designed for women. And that was part of my mini thesis that I, I, um, that I worked on for my applied counseling certificate. They are groups for women because women tend to want different kinds of support than men. Mm. Men want the fix it kind of support where yep. women want emotional support. Yeah. So the, so the groups run um, up, to, up to 10 women and um, they're two hours in length every other week. And Eastview Community Church has been very gracious in allowing me to run them at that church. I used to, be, I used to attend there. And we explore a number of topics um, from a faith-based perspective. They are whole health topics um, that focus on spiritual health, mental health, physical health, and relational health. And I never asked the women to share things that they don't want to. We kind of follow a format for the group. Uh, we open with prayer and uh, then there's some points that we discuss. And it's amazing how the, the group just flows. Um, each group is individual. Like some people have returned for a second, third, fourth year. And every time it's new because other people have new stories. Other people have discovered new uh, Bible verses that you know they can relate to that they now share. They share their stories and it's, you know, the, the groups flow like magic and I really have nothing to do with it. God is just present during the whole group time. And something that struck me is, you know, maybe faith-based support groups. Well, you think of addictions, right? There's lots of those that I can find um, and can run in my church. But when I think about mental health struggles and things like eating disorders, I don't know if I'm familiar with a faith-based group like that, actually. Well, actually, like I said, I did this as my mini thesis for my applied counseling certificate. 
And one of my profs is from Southern Manitoba. And so he, he knows, uh, you know, about mental health services. And he said this was a rare find to have a faith-based uh, mental wellness support group. And I know um, the eating, dis um, Manitoba Association of Mood Disorders used to run a, a living group, group. I didn't see it on their website lately. That doesn't mean it's not running, but they are far and few, be they are few and far between. And I know that when we were going through uh, the chaos of the eating disorder, we attended a parent group at the eating disorders clinic at HSC. And I was just so looking forward to this group. We were going to unite. We were going to share stories. And when I walked in, all I saw was people who looked like they had been through the ringer. Mm. And I thought, this is going to get better. And you know what? They didn't, there was, there was no talk about the spiritual aspect. And yeah. I, it just, it just seemed like hopeless. I mean, I did get a lot from it, but there was just an element that was missing. And in my studies, I've, uh, I have learned that those people who attend to the spiritual aspects of their being, their, their spiritual health, they do a lot better in terms of making progress. I was just, uh, I have a lot of experience with addiction and other people that have struggled with addiction. And I've met people that have gotten clean without faith being a part of their life. But yeah, that one thing that always seems to be missing from them, though, is this hope that just... Well, hope springs eternal, right? And those of us that know Jesus and and pay attention to their spiritual life, overcoming these issues, we're filled with hope, and we know that God will use us to help others too. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know where we would be, where the situation would be with without hope. Um, hope is what spurs me on, because, um, like I said, I know He has great great plans for me, and He can use pain. I really like the song, um, The um, Better Way by The Color right now. In that first verse, it says, there's a reason for all your ways. The cross has proven you can take pain and make it something you can use. Mm. And that's, 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 what's, that's what spurs us on. That's yeah. what spurs us on. That's what the women coming to their groups want. You know, there's hope. A lot of the women that come to my group, they are walking alongside uh, an adult child who is dealing with mental health issues. And, um, you know, we all look forward. I, I consider myself part of the group. I'm not just facilitating because I share my stories and, and I know where they're coming from. Um, so, yeah, a very powerful opportunity for women to support each other and share their stories. Now, you mentioned a couple of times your mini thesis and going to school like this has really spurred you on to new things. You went back to school. How old were you when you did this? <laughs> 54. <laughs> what was that like going back to school in your 50s? Did you get a new backpack? <laughs> <laughs> no new. No new. <laughs> but you know what? I, at the time, I was working at Dignity House, and it's a ministry that offers transitional houses, uh, housing for women who are, are recovering from addictions and mental health. And um, we also attend 188 Church, which is downtown, and and they minister to a lot of community people who are living on the mar who are living on the margins of society, people who have addictions, people who are homeless, people with mental health issues. And I just thought for that that maybe there was some skills I could learn that would better help those people, and or help in those situations. And uh, so one day I sat down and I did a web search, like Google, tell me, where can you get a certificate for 
for counseling for mental health. And up came this webpage for the University of Manitoba. And I thought, you know what, I've been there before because I graduated with my bachelor education, although it'd be many, many years ago. So that was kind of already like a plus. And then I looked at the course and the courses and I thought, you know, those sound really good. I, I, I think they will, you know, help me in life somehow. And so I enrolled. And then a week before I was to start the thought gremlins, the negative thought gremlins started. You're too old. Who do you think you are? Mm. Um, <clears throat> it'll be too stressful. Like it, run away, run away negative thoughts. And so I kind of told God, you know what? I will go to the first class. And if the prof is nice and the assignments are doable, I'll continue. So I went in that first class. Guess what? The prof was nice and the assignments were doable because there were a lot of reflective pieces. And I was just writing about my own life, which nice. was really easy. And so it began. And here, three years later, I'm graduating at 57 years old from the University of Manitoba. It's just freaky. But so much of my life in the last well, the eating disorder reared its ugly head in 2013. Since 2013, nothing has been my plan. But God has made beauty, ashes out of beauty, and has opened the door for so many opportunities. So, yeah, it was another thing that was not on my list of things to do or ever thinking, you know, I was going to ever go back to school. But I did. <laughs> And you, you mentioned like, well, there are reflective pieces to the assignments. You're used to that. In 2015, you actually self-published a book. It's called Pressing On, The Blessed Journey Alongside a Daughter with an Eating Disorder. Over the course of the last uh, six years now, you've actually, you've just written another book too, haven't you? Oh, no. I, I, I said there's another book I could write. Oh, gotcha. There's enough for another book. <laughs> Because that's when I went back to school. And at the end of the first book, I talk about how I'm having trouble with medication that I'm on. And uh, I realized that I was having trouble getting off of it because I had developed an addiction to it. And so there was a journey of me um, dealing with my own mental health issues. I was even in the hospital for six weeks because of it. Wow. And uh, so that's why I said I could write another book, but I'm kind of waiting for God to give me a sign. <laughs> well, maybe Mike Tom just misspeaking right now was your sign, Helen. <laughs> Get writing this afternoon. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> uh, tell us, you know, like moms are listening or daughters or cousins or aunties are listening. They're like this grace group. This is what we need at my church or my friends groups. How could we start our own? Get a hold of you, maybe. And uh, yeah, start one up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm running one group again at Eastview Community Church. Uh, it's going to be every Wednesday, starting every other Wednesday, starting September 15th. I would actually like to run a second group, a daytime group for people who maybe can't make an evening group. So I'm willing to host a group at some church and it would just be a matter of uh, getting a hold of me and I, I'd run I'd run the group at your church. It would be of no cost to, to the church at all. Or if somebody's, you know, wanting to start their own, I'd be, I'd be more than willing to sit down with the person and let them know how to get a group started. They kind of were burst from an idea out of Mental Health Grace Alliance, which is run out of Texas. They, um, I was looking for mental health, Christian mental health resources. And when I Googled them, this was literally the only place that came, came, came up. And uh, they talk about running grace groups. So that's where I got the idea from. 
I've made them my own only because I've been a teacher as well. And I wanted to really incorporate a lot of teaching of, um, you know, me mental health uh, issues. We talk, we talk about medication and diet and things like that. So yeah, um, if anybody wants to start their own group, I'd be more than happy to sit down with them and let them know how to get it going and what to do. Love that. Uh, tell us how we can get the book then, uh, Pressing On, The Blessed Journey Alongside a Daughter with an Eating Disorder. Um, they, they are available at Hell's Books in Winnipeg and in Steinbeck, but they're also available through all the you know online networks like Chapters, Amazon, uh, McNally Robinson. You can get them um, from there as well. Love that. Uh, anything else you want people to know that are listening today on the podcast and the show? Oh, you know, I just want them to know that God loves them. He sees what the people are going through and he is there. He just wants you to come to him and ask that he be part of the journey because we, we're struggling on our own. And when you allow him on the journey, he, he creates beauty out of, the, out of ashes. Please pray. Please hope. There's always hope. I love it, Helen. Thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your story and the work that you do with the Grace Groups. And uh, looking forward to having you back on the show again sometime. Thanks. And a big thanks to each of you for listening. Don't forget, it means a lot to us if you subscribe or follow. Yes, it's free to do that. You can find connections at podcastville.ca. Choose your favorite podcast app there to subscribe with or just find it on your favorite apps too when you search Connections, Colleen Hood, Mike Tom. And something else that really helps us out, if you love this podcast and you love the brand new episodes of Connections you get every single weekday, leave a rating and a review. That really helps us become more discoverable to even more people and keep sharing hope and good news of Jesus in so many people's lives. Thanks. We'll talk to you again on Connections.